The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer. And thank you as you join us as we kick around the sport of kings each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. This week, a little special race, the Preakness, 136 running of the Preakness. A lot of history, a lot of questions that may or may not go unanswered. Mother Nature, you're not going to hear this very often, is going to be a bitch. Today, thunder shower 74. Tomorrow, thunder showers high as 76. Friday, scattered thunderstorms 79 degrees. But on Saturday, Preakness 136, mostly sunny, 82 degrees with a low of 66. So that means whatever is happening, by the time you get to Saturday, the track is going to be drying out. If the closures have been doing well, then speed will start showing up as the track dries out because it's saturated underneath. And Pimlico is an old track. It's not a billion-dollar Belmont or Santa Anita, et cetera. It's going to be an old-school track. If it's really raining for three days, you can bet we're going to have some nasty, junky rain so track. So, but look for it on uh, Saturday. That is our weather forecast as we start coming around uh, Kentucky <laughs> Preakness draw. Kentucky Derby. I can't get it out of my head. Can you believe how fast time is going? Preakness is rolling around. They drew for entries right about 5:30 p.m. Frank Ruley was the odds maker and does a tremendous job. At Pimlico, 136 Preakness drawing from the rail. We got the one astrology, Mike Smith and the Irons, 15 to one. The two Norman Ebsjorsen, Julian Pimentel, 30 to one. King Kanji is the three. Robbie Alvarado in the Irons at 20 to one. The four Flashpoint Cornelio Velasquez, 20 for year one. The five Shackelford, the Speedster, Jesus Casnon at 12 to one. The six Sway Away Garrett Gomez is between the ears at 15 to one. The seven Midnight Interlude Martin. Garcia, 15 to 1. The 8, Dance City, Ramon Dominguez. You get a score price of 12 to 1. The 9 is Mucho Macho Man, Rajiv Marat, 6 to 1. The 10, dialed in Julian Le Pruitt, 9 to 2. The 11, the Kentucky Derby winner, Animal Kingdom, Johnny Velasquez, 2 to 1. The 12, isn't he perfect? Prado has the mound at 30 to 1. Number 13, Concealed Identity, Sheldon Russell, 30 to 1. Number 14, rounding out the field, Mr. Commons, Victor Espinosa at 20 to 1 to be run Saturday at Pimlico Racecourse in Baltimore at a mile and the 16th. Post time, 6.16 Eastern Time. TV, NBC. You've got it all right there. Speaking of NBC, I want to give you some power ratings. And these show a little bit of date on them. But you know what? This is what they saw. Animal Kingdom. Mucho Macho Man. Thus far, I'm pretty much agreeing. Dance City. Astrology. Shackelford. Dialed in. 
Sway away. I don't know when they had these. And King Kanji. There's some of the names that I thought I'd really kind of toss out there. And we have our man, Dangerous Dan on hold. We're going to be going to Dan here shortly. And uh, he's was on fire in the Derby. His head's a little big. And you know the best part about it is? I think he's even going to be come back even bigger and better this Saturday for Preakness Day. Dan's a heck of a handicapper. He's been around for a long time, and I'll tell you what, there's nobody that I know that can make a 20 turn into a 50 so many more times than Dan in one quick race. He's quite the handicapper, so write his selections down in pen. I'm going to say something Dan may or may not agree with me on. We can probably pop him in here. Dan, can we have you in? I am here, Ed. It's magic, isn't it? <laughs> Danny, I was going to toss out something here and uh, see if you uh, disagree or agree. By my, Mike Watchmaker in the Daily Racing Forum this week, the Pimlico Preakness Smith, the good news is we're hearing two weeks between the Derby and Preakness, which we know. The bad news is, of course, we're talking about it. I Watchmaker sounds a little bitter. He must not have had a winner, but it says, here are some of the myths. Pimlico is a tight turn speed favoring track. It says, I know why this stuff is perpetuated something very incorrectly that, that saying this makes them look smart. Dan, you and I were talking off the air a little while ago, and real quickly, I wanted to toss it down at you. We were talking about horses and how far they laid off the pace. At the half call, looking at Lucky, was fifth by five. Rachel had the lead by a head. Big Brown was four lengths out in third. Curlin, 13 in seventh place. Bernardini was a close mile and a half. That was the year Barbaro broke down. And then a fleet, Alex was tenth by nine and a quarter. Danny, they, they were off the pace. Yeah, they were off the pace. I think the uh, I still think you got to stalk. I don't think you can get real far back there and make a run. I, I really don't. Um, not, not if Dowlin has the trip he had in the Derby, he, there's no way he'll get there. Um, he had a clean trip too. He just they just took him wide. They took him back. Took him wide. Uh, you, you can't be that far back. I don't think at, at Pimlico and close. I mean, I've watched I've watched races. For the first couple weeks of their meet, and and I haven't seen anybody close from far back other than on the turf. You know, something else, not to interrupt you there, Dan, something else, and it seems like we agree that off-the-pace horses, you know, downtown out of it, Silky Sullivan may not win, but the nice stalker who strategically is placed may get on the cash. We are taping this on Wednesday, so, in fact, if there is someone scratched on Thursday or Friday, please don't hold it against us. We are taping up, and kind enough from American Voice to take care of us on this. And Dan and I, we have all the information, as we would on Saturday and will on Saturday for sure that we have it right in front of us here. Danny, let me uh, run down a few things real quick here because we cut out here in about five minutes for our first break. Winning ponies, they've really been dialed in. They're over $3.1 million. Make that $2 million in exotic payouts in 2011. The weekend should yield some powerful punch to it. They have the color-coded tier-level selections, handy icons to make remembering details oh so very easy, speed ratings for this race, and a composite rating for the last three, turf ratings and in-depth rider training information that you get in many other big locations, and they are one of the biggest, if not uh, some of the best information I've seen. A one-stop shop and finding out some handicapping answers. So stop gambling, start winning, and check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and go to www.winningponies.com for your handicapping questions to be answered, Dan. So our boys are hanging in there. They're doing pretty good. Yes. You know, we we were talking about the stuff uh, one night, and you know, you you were cut, you cut onto it. I mean, within about maybe a minute, because yeah, I don't think it, you had it, it up. Yeah, it didn't take first. long at all. I mean, it's, it's a real, it's a real, it's, it's a it's a friendly site to use. It's real simple to use. 
uh, you know, the weather changes, click on, click on the tab, it changes everything for you. They do an outstanding job. In fact, they do, and uh, this has been a really good year for them. These guys are really dialed in, and, and I really respect their process. Been with them since 2008 and had a pretty good run altogether. They've tolerated me all this long. Dan, what's on deck tonight? We're going to have a recap of last week's races after we do a little introduction here, as we're doing. Then we're going to talk some biggins. Hope they were on board with them. And, you know, maybe, maybe we'll skip the biggins. Maybe we'll just skip the – maybe we'll keep the biggins and skip the recap. How's that? Because, you know what, the history will keep it there unless it's, uh, unless it's the big race. But let's stick with the biggins, how they've been doing. News from the world of racing in a hardcore white knuckle. Take no prisoners. Final firm handicapping with my man, Dan Moore. Danny, I'll tell you what, man, you're about ready to peel the area. And what that means, I know even though we're doing this, you know, for winning ponies and it's easy to do for computer world, but you are moving away, which makes uh, your job situation a little differently. And handicapping is just not going to be as easy without you. Well, I'll still be able to call in from time to time, Ed, uh, if you'll have me. Um, <laughs> of course we will. Yeah, as long as that money's in the bank, well, you know we're going to do that, Dan. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to really kick it off, and we're going to take a look at the, the black-eyed Susan stakes. We're going to take a look at uh, about three or four understakes, and then we're going to tip into the next day, which is just incredible. I can't tell you enough uh, about the Preakness. In, in fact, I was rating in, in the racing form, uh, Jay Hovde from the racing form, every time he writes, Danny, I, I'm just, uh, I'm like a little kid. I still read every word he puts in. His top ten Preakness moments, now these all were not his. It could have been uh, a poll. I, I, I can't answer to where the answers come from, but here's the top ten in Hovde's article. In 89, easy goer in Sunday silence. Remember that one, Danny? Yes, I do. Oh, yeah, how smart I was. Betting one and jumping off to bet the other. Oh, it was a beautiful thing. I think, uh, it, was, it was just a comedy of errors. 97, Silver Charm and Freehouse. You get separated by the length of a pen. Yes. And then 78, Affirmed Ali Dar. 62, Greek Money and Ride Dan. As you, you'll hear about the great Ride Dan, uh, Greek Money f- battled back on the rail right along the inside and just took the money right away from him. 05 had a Fleet Alex and Scrabby T. Scrabby T, I don't think purposely did it, but uh, or maybe came out and tried to nail Fleet Alex. Yeah, I remember he just went down. Oh, it was awful. There was only one other that can remember that bad, and that was Ali Sheba. Uh, yeah, the drift out. Um, the the one in '62, Ed, you remember that one, don't you? Uh, no, that's four. Actually, four years before I was born. But that's funny, Dan. That that is very funny. I can see you're you're peeling out. You're having a little fun at my behalf. Thank you for that. It means I. That means you love me. 2006, Dan. That was the year Barbara pulled up. One that we're never going to forget. But you know, a lot of people, if you gave them a, a free beer, they wouldn't be able to tell you the Bernardini one. Yeah, that's true. I remember that. I remember. I was glad I wasn't at the track when it happened. I was. I was actually at my, at my uh, in-laws, and I and I heard about people at the track saying that you know they were yelling because they lost. There's people that normally don't go, and they, and and they were yelling because he, that he pulled up, and and I don't think I would have been able to handle that very well. So I was glad I wasn't at that. One day I was glad I was actually not at the track. <laughs> and Dan was with his in-laws. Uh, Rachel Alexander beating mine that bird in 09. That was the first Philly in 55 years. And that was in uh, Preakness 136. I'll let you do the math, Danny. 1980, Codex and Genuine Risk. I actually had, now long before simulcast, 
I was allowed to place $2 to win in place on Codex. I believe you paid $7. And I watched the race today, and it was amazing. Cordero floated out in genuine risk's face a little bit. They, they actually had it. They had I don't know if you ever saw this race, Dan, or even, you know, can't say that, you know, I cared way back when, but it was amazing how Cordero floated out right in the path of genuine risk. And then she just kind of balked just a tiny bit. He wasn't close to her. But he did just enough, and he, and he outrode down the lane. There was an objection. But do you remember that race at all? No, not at all. Oh, I, you know, I can remember it, I guess, because whenever you have your first $2 to win in place, you always remember it. And then the top previous moment, I don't think none of us can agree, 1973 Secretariat and Sham. Uh, Secretariat moved way before the threes poll, assumed the lead, and drew off. And, uh, you know, Dan, I, I said real quickly, I think if Secretary wasn't around, we would have heard a whole lot about Sham that year. Yeah, secretary went around. Sham, you know, like you said, it would have been a, a sham here, sham there, sham, sham everywhere. <laughs> I wonder if they, they came up with that shammy from Sham. Sham, wow. Shamu. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a real good point. Well, Dan, it is time to head out to our first break, and when we return, we're going to be talking about some Preakness doings, a little news from around the world, and then we're going to get the final furlong handicapping here on Winnie Pony. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. 
And welcome back to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and joining me is Mr. Dangerous Dan Moore. Dan, are you there? I'm here, Ed. I ain't going nowhere. I'm loving it. This is our second segment. Segment of the week is where we second segment of the week is where we have our special guest. And this special guest handicapper tore them apart on the Derby Day card, and we're glad to have him back. But I want to see if he can actually duplicate. If he duplicates half of that effort, he's going to go to Florida in style, Danny boy. In style. I'll be at golf stream in a couple of weeks, sitting there in the casino. You'll be thinking of me, won't you? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> Not much. You know what they say? You, you look for the honest answer, and you get the honest answer. Dan got a little bit of news here Ed, that I wanted to talk about, and then you know we'll kind of toss it around between uh, two people that love the industry. Preakness Stakes has a uh, history of unpredictable finishments. They're talking about Animal Kingdom will be the only horse in the Preakness with a chance to take the Derby step. Now, we know that about the Triple Crown, right? I mean, you, you you did know the second horse doesn't have a shot, right? Yeah, I know. There's a lot of people that don't, but I've tried to explain it to them. I had a boss that actually said we had a race for three-year-olds at the Turfway Park where I worked once upon a time. And the funniest thing, we had on one of the biggest uh, biggest sponsors, uh, folk was there, and he said, you know, the best part about this race is if the favorite doesn't win this year, he can come back and run next year. Needless to say, my boss was a little PO'd, my man. <laughs> Do I know him? It was it was great. I'm telling you. I mean, no, he, he didn't fire him, but he should have just kicked him in the butt a little bit. But about Preakness finishes, Danny. Uh, the championships uh, totals uh, include the Phillies who've won their divisional titles, Derby winners, genuine risk in '80, winning colors '88, uh, Alexander in that Rachel Alexander in '09, and Belmont in Rags to Riches 2007. In Rachel's case, she was also in the Horse of the Year, which is really impressive. Dan, you know, we we were talking a little bit right about uh, Preakness and uh, in in Pimlico. Oh, in your opinion, uh, once again, I mean, do you think that there, there are tight turns which are going to be speed favoring? No, I've seen a graph, I think it was a couple of years ago on Preakness Day, where they were showing the difference between Churchill and, and Pimlico. The turns, I, I believe it's more myth, in fact. They, they're, not, they're, not, they're not as wide as people think. Well, what it is, I think, is it's a totally different track. It's it's obviously smaller uh, as far as width. Um, the the horses are speed speed horses win a lot at, at, at Pimlico, and I'm not saying that a speed horse is going to win the Preakness. There's a lot of speed in this year's race. I think you have to be fifth, sixth, seventh. I don't see anybody coming from the clouds and winning. I can see him coming from the clouds and getting a piece, but the they would totally have to fall apart up front for for uh, for for in my opinion for dialed in to come and win it. Um, I, I think he's a good horse. I he was on my ticket in the Derby, but he I just don't think that this race suits him. Belmont might be a totally different ball of wax. Well, just hang on to your hands there, little man, because we're going to duel it down. You said you got me, and, uh, and, and I'm, and I'm kind of looking forward to learning, because if you got me, I might be tossing them in there. So I'm looking forward to see who you have for the handicapping. But, you know, Dan, I saw maybe you saw it. Google Earth actually took Pimlico and dropped it on top of Churchill, and they were the same size. Yeah, that's what, that's what they did. And uh, it's um, the, the turns, the turns are, are not why. I, I don't know why. Who came up with that? Um, you know, you go to like, I'll say, I guess Thistle Downs. Thistle Downs, Thistle Downs is wide, but the, the Preakness isn't at Thistle Downs. It's at Pimlico. That's a good point. I mean, 
you know, I, maybe maybe in some tracks like Belmont, maybe if you drop the Preakness or the uh, Pimlico on there, you might get a little lost in big sandy sweeping turns because a lot of riders do. I remember Stuart Elliott said, you know, I was too off the rail and I'm too on top. He said by the time I straightened away and I hadn't really moved, he said I was four away from the rail and I was a length on top. I think it, you know, a lot of times it can really play havoc on on your noggin, especially at Belmont's big turns, which makes all the big difference in the world. And you brought about John Velasquez, and you'll get to it a little bit later. Speaking of someone who was going to be supposed to be on our show, but uh, he's going to be doing uh, some some media appearances and some interviews, and rightfully so. Robbie Alvarado is to ride King Kanji in the Preakness. Danny King Kanji run a big race at Keeneland. Yes, and uh, he was actually, if you recall, he was my pick in the Vinery that Animal Kingdom won. King Kanji ended up injured that day, and they they didn't want to risk him, so they they. He didn't run on in the Vinery, which Animal Kingdom went on to win. And then King Kanji ran big in the Bluegrass, finishing third. It was a photo. And my my uh, thing with him is uh, his dirt races don't look that good, but neither did Animal Kingdoms. I mean, he never been on dirt. But, you know, he's had a couple dirt races, and neither one of them looked that good. He reminds me of a lot of Twin Spired who finished the nose in front of him Bluegrass Day. That's fair. I, well, I'll tell you what, that knows that the wire cost me dearly. I'd have lost at least three hot dogs and a Coke on that one. But, you know, Dan, it, it, I, I think the polytrack debacle has been uh, pretty much debunked. And, uh, you know, I, I think things are starting to level out a little bit. I'm still not a great poly fan over the dirt, but I think it's starting to level out a little bit. I will be honest, even if it causes me pain and or money loss, I think things are starting to shake out a little bit. There are some that are sires. The sires are a little more meant for the uh, for the uh, new surface, which you know that happens. Same with turf and uh, same with muddy tracks. But you know, Dan, I think things are leveling out. Also in the Preakness, going up for five hundred fifty thousand dollars, not five point five, but five hundred fifty thousand, is Shackelford, who won. A couple of races, Dan, coming in. You know, uh, he, let's see, what did he win? Uh, he, he comes up to, let's see, was it the Founding Youth? Yes, it was the Founding Youth. And, and then he had to finish in the top three in the Santa Anita and or Florida Derby, of which did, and, and does the same in the Derby. Now runs for a half a million dollars. Now we had Jesus Kastanen on the other day. I mean, that's pretty good jack to run for. Yeah, that is good jack. I, the thing that I don't understand is you get a 48 in the Derby, and he just he he I don't know what happened. I mean, nobody was was pressing him really. He, he's got an easy forty eight, and, and I mean, a lot of people thought he was just going to draw off and win. It might be a distance thing. It, he's not going to get an easy lead in the Preakness, so I, he's not on my ticket. That mine either. I, I will agree with you, but I, I did love Jesus Castanon, and man, am I rooting for the local guy. Dan from the Telegraph, a Kentucky Derby winner receives round-the-clock protection. The horse that won last week's Derby received round-the-clock protection against a backlash of its controversial owner. Not the horse, not the rider, but the owner's got a big, fat mouth. Burrier was running his gums there, Dan. And now, and now I understand he's a great businessman. I understand he's great at what he does. It was the wrong time. He's a former sports rider. And he opens the can of worms on national TV, knowing the demographic and how how tough it is to actually recruit new players. He actually throws a little mud in their eye. I love it. He oh. he was honest. I mean, and everybody was like, "Oh, I can't believe he said that." I was like, he was honest. Grand motion, eight thousand starters, not one in, not one infraction for anything illegal. He went to the guy. 
it was honest and it paid off for him. You know, he just won the biggest race of his life, and they come to him and and what do you think about Grand Motion? Well, I wanted a trainer who doesn't lie. He was just being honest, and I don't I don't think anything's wrong with what he said at all, Ed. You know, I, that, that's the best part about any, any sporting event that takes place, Dan. If everybody believed the same, there'd be a one-to-nine shot in every race. Okay, I believe in what Irwin said. I really do. He's found the man in motion, grand motion, Mr. Grand Motion, I should say. Often he spent some time with us and, and, and graced our airwaves here. He is quite the gentleman. He's quite the horse trainer, and I think you throw this stat at me. Over, what was it, how many thousand staff starts he had and no medical infractions? 8,000. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's impossible. I mean, the guy runs a squeaky clean operation at Fairhill, which I heard is heaven on earth for training of horses. It's actually incredible where Jonathan Shepard was a mentor of his. It seems like Grand Motion does things the old-fashioned way. The right way. There are no shortcuts to the winner circle, and he knows that time, patience, and good horsemanship at a young age, I think we're going to hear more of motion. But, you know, Dan, when you talk about what Barry Irwin you know, mentioned, I, I just don't know if racing could have taken it on this stage. Well, they did. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. They did. They took whether or not you like it. They did. But I mean, after they said, in fact, for Barry Irwin to retract and say, you know, I wish I had that back, somewhere in his mind, he felt maybe it just wasn't the right stage. Yeah, but we've all been there, Ed, where we said something we shouldn't have. All oh, right. Or, or, you know, I mean, we've all been there. But you know, he, he just won the one of the biggest races of his career, and, and they asked him that question, and I just think he was being honest. I think he was tickled to death that Graham won it for him. And, and yeah. you know he's got he's got a bunch of partners there, you know, and you know he he's he's happy as you know flies on you know what. And, and <laughs> the thing is, is that is that they they you know Bob Newmar I think it was asking you know question. Well, what's he going to say? One thing in this about Animal Kingdom, I'm going to throw this out at you. If you watch the replay, watch him after he gallops out and they turn him around, he's not even breathing heavy. I agree. I, I I saw it. I watched it. I mean, that was one of the big things I did see and was there. I mean, Oaks Day was, uh, you know, or not Oaks Day, but uh, earlier in the card it was a little tougher to see, but actually it seemed like they were just right in front of you on that one. And But I do agree. He wasn't breathing. You know, I just keep coming back. You know, okay, I, I, I may agree with a whole lot of the points of Mr. Irwin, but, Danny, a lot of times presentation means more than actually what you got to say, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. I think he's right. But, I mean, you know, the best part about being right, you'll be right 10 minutes from now. There was no rush. You know, after the race, if he would have held a post-conference, where in the hell would we have been? I mean, we, we, we would actually, we'd actually had something to listen to and something to talk about. I mean, I, I think he's intelligent. I think he's incredible. I think he's good for the sport. And, you know, wouldn't you like to be a part of that syndicate? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, after this week, uh, if I do, uh, I might uh, give him a call. <laughs> there you go. I mean, when you cash in on big on this weekend, you can call Barry Irwin. I think, you know, he's done a great deal of good for racing, a sports writer. But I heard in his in his career, you know, he, he's been pretty much a tell-it-like-it-is-in-your-face kind of guy. Now, that's good. But i got to tell you, brother, it does have a heavy cost with it. In my opinion, I think that, Dan, I just think that he just – he just jumped to he just jumped at it a little too hard. Well, you know, like I said, when we're on our way someday to that winter circle in the Derby after just winning it, and somebody asks you something, you know, you know, what do you th- what do you think of Grand Motion? 
I'd probably say I think he's, you know, effing great or something like that. I'd probably lose my mind. But, <laughs> but you know, he. The thing is, is that at that moment, he he was tickled to death. They throw a microphone in front of you, and I just think he wanted to be brutally honest. And and the, you know, other trainers want to get mad or whatever. I don't think he was talking about Pletcher. I don't think he was talking about Wesley Ward. Um, or, or any of his other high-profile trainers. I think he just got sick of of being lied to. And if you're in business, and he's a businessman, you know how it is. Honesty will get you further in business than being lied to. I, I, so, I agree. I agree completely. Dan, time to roll it out to a break. When we return, we're going to pick up a couple news topics, and then Dan, your favorite part where you kick my butt on the podcast, live air, whatever it is. Yes, where you beat me down here on Winning Ponies. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Each week, take a visit inside the locker room of your favorite sport with Dez Clark, Paul Fresh Clark, and Lester Scudder Davis as they bring you sportsmanlike conduct. As a current player, Des Clark can bring you inside the sports world like nobody can. His co-hosts represent the fans of the sports world. With both points of view on the table, it becomes an engaging and entertaining program, to say the least. Sportsmanlike conduct can be heard Tuesdays, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. This is segment number three. This is where a little bit of news happens. Whole lot of handicapping. Dangerous Dan Moore's in the house. Danny, are you there? I'm here, Ed. 
And glad to hear you. And uh, this is where you want to get your pen out. And uh, no racer here because Dan's going to wheel them and deal them. We're going to be looking at Dan. We're going to talk a couple more things here in the news because I wanted to see what you actually thought. Read a great article by the Asbury Park Press in New Jersey. It says Bravo is still at the top of the game after all these years. In Oceanport, uh, with the skills of a of a politician, the business acumen of a Fortune 500 CEO, and the and the guile of a snake oil salesman. And you know what? He's Mr party boy, Mr. Playboy, Joe Bravo. I mean, is there a guy that you enjoy watching more at Monmouth Park? No, I used to yell. I remember I used to yell, take him to school, Joe, take him to school. He'd be around <laughs> and turn on the turf. Seen him beat, beat all the big ones there. I've seen him beat Bailey, Vasquez, all of, all of them in his home track. They all ship in, and he, and he takes them to school. You know, I, I, I saw that, and, and it kind of caught my eye. And, and actually, Joe Bravo took some time in. And you know what, Dan? He was in between going to dinner and somewhere else. It was like he was telling me a social agenda, but it was great. It was like, hey, can I go? Can I at least watch? Can I be the driver? I mean, it's got to be fun. And he says, hey, I just enjoy life. I'm having a great time. He says, I'm having good horses to ride. You know, not once did he, you know, put the crown on himself. He put it on everybody else. But, hey, he made a no point, no bones about it. His point was he was going to have fun. I like to. I didn't. Didn't I book him for you? Yes, you did, man. You did pull that one up. You, man, you you pointed me in the way of a lot of people. Hey, what do you think about this guy? What do you? And then you know you give a little explanation. We start hacking it over like this before you know it. Get lucky enough, and you know what? Can I tell the? Uh, can I tell the, the magic secret of you know how we get on some very interesting guests? But there is a magic secret, isn't there? There is a secret. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? They're gonna have to guess. Despite optimism in the racing industry, Dan, thoroughbred breeders still face significant challenges. Drugs are on the horizon. I mean, do you think that they're going to be able to phase them out three, five years, or would you want to go quicker? I think we should go quicker. I, I, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, no tolerance. Um, you know, they need to do, you know, something's got to be done, I mean, to level the playing field for, for the little guy and for, for the betters even. I mean, Okay, you got Grand Motion in the race. You got a you got a you got a Mullins runner in the race, and you got Richard Dutro runner in the race. Who do you bet? You're right. Uh, I'm going to take Dutro <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a Dutro fan. <laughs> I mean, but, but that way, is, is it Anthony or Richard? I just wanted to throw about. a knuckleball at you <laughs> about Dutro because I was a fan. But I'm sorry, go right ahead. Yeah, um, I mean, who are you going to bet there? Um, uh, you know, and, and that's what I was talking about. You know, it's got to be it's, it's got to be a level playing field. You know, people are betting betting money on this. If this was the, the stock market and something fishy was going on, people would be in jail. You know, so so uh, some, something's got to be done, and, and it's well, way overdue. I agree with you. I, I think something will be done, but it's it's actually now now it comes to the fact of you know when is the right time for him. I know I think everybody agrees that actually transparent transparency and accountability are important efforts in, in this regard. But I mean, what is the timeline? Is it three to five years? You can't make it this one meet because horse. I mean, there's not going to be enough horse flesh to fill races. Horses are Lasix and Butte, Bantamine. That they need all the above Ace. They they need so many things. Actually, get them going. I think if you start slowly being able to phase it out. But with that, I think you should have a veterinary staff clinic or whatever, school trainers on some natural remedies. Well, you know what? Here you go. Here's an idea. How's this? And I've I seen a ride up in the blood horse that, that the, he, this trainer mentioned what, what needs to be done. How about he have Graham Motion mentor all trainers on how you train horses without breaking the rules? That that's that's uh, I think it in a nutshell. The guy is is honest, 
fair and he doesn't cheat. And if if you can, you know, pass his test, then I guess you can train. I think it's a heck of an idea. You know, I think there's I think there should actually be a committee when when you uh, when you when you take a look at the riders. I mean, they're having riding school where they teach you more than okay, throw across, do this in out. I mean, when you have Chris McCarron or you have the Panamanian Riding School, and, and they're they're actually putting putting their good tasks to use to school someone to to have someone that knows the business, knows how the financial end works, knows how the morning end works, know what the works is, know what, you know, knows and becomes more prepared. Danny, I think you're right about the trainer angle, but there's so many other there's turf specialists, there's dirt, sprint, babies, layoffs. I mean, there's so many people off the claim that could actually better the trainers. Now, how cool would that be if we actually I mean now I love Grand Motion. Don't get me wrong. There was a reason we had him on. It was because he was interesting. I mean at the time he wasn't uh, grade one A and he wasn't uh, Nick Zito or Bob Baffert in your minds as far as uh, you know just name dropping and, uh, and and watching that but in fact he was he was a true gentleman. It was it was a lot of fun. But how cool would it be to have a specialty committee that came in unbiased and untethered and just wanted to actually show you the ropes? Yeah, exactly. And, and McCarran School. I mean, let's go back to McCarran. I mean, he's put out some nice riders, and it hasn't been around that long. No, he hasn't. He, he's he's done very well. I mean, if you can squabble with Chris McCarran, go ahead. I mean, you're just proving yourself to be a fool. You know, he's like every rider. He lost some. He, you know, he won more than plenty. It was a lot of fun to watch him. I've met him quite a few times, Dan, and and I believe it. And it, did you ever meet him and and just chat with him for a second? No, I've never met him. Very warm. He, he's he's one of a kind. I mean, he reaches out, he squeezes your hand. You know, you feel like uh, you know this is a real person. This isn't some ding dong pinhead that's just giving you the answers. I mean, he really enjoys what he does. But you know. Hey, I, I, we can just keep our fingers for the future. You know, for maybe they'll have a, a rider and trainer schooling and or session or seminar or webinar, whatever it takes. I'd love to see the guys lock it up. Dan, what I brought up to you, Black Caviar, ranked to be uh, uh, worth alongside Farlap as Australia's greatest horse right now. They're mentioning the great Farlap and Black Caviar. Caviar, I believe, is 13 in a row. It's incredible. I mean, but do you think number 20 uh, is in her uh, sights? I don't see anybody beating her over there. Um, I'm, I watch her races, and and she's just phenomenal. I mean, she's she's versatile. She can do it on the front. She can come from off the pace. She can win at different distances. Uh, you know, the trainer, I like what the trainer said. He's like, if you want to beat her, you know where she is. And, That's and, fair. Yeah, and, you know, why should he leave Australia, you know, to get her beat? I mean, it's for her to come to the Breeders' Cup. That would be that. That's a heck of a plane ride for one. But uh, they don't call it down under for nothing. But I, I, I'd keep her where she is and uh, and just keep her winning. That's what I would do. I mean, I don't see no reason to really ship her unless she he wants to wants to come to Breeders' Cup and take a shot. Um, the trainer, but I mean, why don't she, you run? Run two She's or three phenomenal. more times and come over. Run two or three more times and ship over and, and spend a couple months here. What do you think? Uh, well, that, you'd have to talk to her to, to the trader. I, I love watching her at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to say that. I was watching, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Hollywood Park. 
and it was uh, 10 Eastern time, and I was watching the races. It was fun. But, I mean, you know, then I got to watch, you know, one of the best six furlong runners that I think that I, I've really ever seen. But it was a track labeled dead, which, you know, I don't know what that means. I, you know, it was the ground just, you know, just there and just bop. I, I, it didn't look off, but it was actually labeled dead. But to mention in the uh, the name of Far Lap in Australian racing, uh, world racing, I don't know if you ever saw the movie, Far Lap became the country's national hero. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, is that this, this horse, uh, you see the crowd come see this Philly run? 29,000 I mean, plus. about how many people came to watch Zenyatta. These crowds are three times what came, three, four times that came to watch Zenyatta. I mean, it's amazing how many, you, you think you're at the Super Bowl or something every time she runs. It is. It, I'm looking at it right now, a, a big picture of it. Uh, trainer leading it into the winner circle. Black Caviar went three wide, which would have been likened to our quarter pole. They were, uh, they were, they were left-handed turn, or excuse me, right-handed turns, you know, coming in. And they made their way three wide. I, I would say with more than an eighth of a while to go, I question it. All of a sudden, it looks like she just found this invisible gear and just zoomed past in and inhaled. It was, it was scary. But, but man, how nice would it be to see? her run at Churchill Downs this year. Oh, it would be great. And, and you know what? I don't think she'd disgrace herself. Can you see her against Goldakova? Ooh, how cool it would be. I think Goldakova's going for four in a row, right? Yeah, she's uh, getting ready to make her first star of the year, I believe. Oh, I cannot. Well, you know what? I don't want to wish away to November. It's not even summertime yet. If you already forgot, 1919, Sir Barton was a Triple Crown winner. 30, Gallon Fox. 1935 was Omaha. 37 was War Emerald. 41, Whirl Away. 43 is Count Fleet. 1946, Assault was the winner. 48 was Citation. 73, Secretariat. 77, Seattle Slough. 78, Affirmed. Dan, before we start into the Oaks card real quick, will, yes or no, will there be a Triple Crown winner this year? If Animal Kingdom wins the Preakness, yes. Oh, well, uh, come on. Yes or no, I want, I want to put your feet to the fire. Yes. Cool. Onward we go, Dan. Let's go to the fifth race on Friday, and it uh, looks like we got about two minutes to go. We'll just give our top horses out. And on the fifth race, the Jim and Kate Turf Sprint, 75,000, five furlongs on the weeds. Dan, who you like? I, I like Havelock, Ed. Is there anybody else? Raheem Maraf or Darren Miller? Uh, take a look at this four-year-old gelding. Five starts on the turf, two wins. Just one, uh, now one or two time allowance at uh, Keeneland off the layoff. Horse beat Bergerac, who's my second pick in, with Julian Leperu in the arms. One you may have missed is Ben's cat, Jeremy Rose, and King T. Leatherberry, who's got to be about 80-plus years old, training and still doing it very well. Third off a layoff, a mile on the turf to five on the weeds. Middle move last time out, you know I love it, heavily bet. October 2nd was the last on a yielding course, and he rolled on Maryland Day there at Pilmico. Loves the soft going, and is three for four with wins and uh, on the turf. Danny, I think Ben's cat gets a piece. He might get third. You see, you wrote him last time out, didn't you? Who was that? Julian Pimentel. Julian that, Pimentel. Oh, king of the $50,000. Yeah, I like Scott Lake's horse in here for third. Ed Rusty Charlie, Julian Pimentel in the irons. And uh, take a look at that turf record. Only got one win, but can get a piece. Horses had six starts this year with three seconds, and seems like Pimlico. We'll do it real brief. We'll squeeze in right before break. Race number nine, the Miz Preakness takes 75,006 furlongs. Danny, who wins it? Uh, 
of the missed Preakness stakes, I'm going to go with Final Mesa. Um, take a look at that Wesley Roar trainee. Has uh, only lost one race in her career. It was the Sorrento, the Grade Three at Demar. Lost the Wickedly Perfect. Other than that, this horse would be perfect. Five starts, four wins, two hundred two thousand dollars. One went race at the distance. One win was entered at Belmont, but I do believe they're opting for this race here. You know, you're talking about Julian Pimentel, right? Yeah. 22% rise for Michael Trombetta. Strike the moon. Love it all the way. Trombetta does well at two off. I, I really like that. Stalks and should pounce on this day. One for one at Pimley Co. Danny, I'll tell you what. Julian actually has caught my eye some years back. I, I've even told my dad, I said, he's king of the, about the fifty to $75,000 stake. Yeah, he is. He is actually my second choice in here, Ed. And I and actually I do like Sweet Susan for third. Uh lightly raced uh lightly uh conditioned horse, Wiseman's Ferry. You take a look at the distance of four starts to win and two thirds. You can't beat that with a hammer, Dan. Danny, we're gonna head out to a break. When we return, we're gonna do the black eyed Susan and then jump into Preakness Day here on Winning Ponies. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. If I... And welcome back to Winning Ponies once again. I'm Ed Meyer and joining me, Mr. Dan Mortan. Are you there? I'm here, Ed. 
Good to hear your voice as usual. Dan, we left off with our handicapping. We're going to do the great I-2 Black-Eyed Susan of mile and a $250,000. Then it's time to jump into the Preakness Day where we've got ourselves a soft ring bed. But we got to deal out the 10th race on Friday, which is expecting some inclement weather uh, thunderstorms and look pretty ugly. Dan, who do you like in the great two Black-Eyed Susan? I like Wyoming Ed, uh, Curtis Garrison, Julian Leperu in the Irons. The uh, three-year-old filly by vindication out of the King Mamba mare beyond the sun. Six starts lifetime, three wins, one second. Uh, has never ran at Pimlico. Has been training nice. This horse likes the poly. If they can, has one that one race at Tampa on the dirt, a win in the Sun Coast. I like this horse, and I think you're going to get honest odds with uh, with this one as well, Ed. Well, what do you think you're going to get? What do you call honest odds? Five, two, three to one. Okay, I, you know, I, I dig it. I'm with you. I, I really am with you. And, uh, you know, th- there was a runner in there. When you mentioned Wyoming, Wyoming would be my second choice. And only because I saw at 9 to 5, I think you can get just a little bit, but just, a, just a tad better. I mean, just a teeny, teeny bit better. Danny, I'm telling you what, the race has got me, and I don't think you're going to like it. I don't think you're going to like my – you know what? I think you're going to probably trump my selection. I like Royal Delta right on the rail, three off of a layoff list. Kano and Bill Ma teaming up together. Throw out the Sun Coast for Wyoming. It destroyed the field, was ninth by 14, and was a beaten favorite. I'm tossing that out because it was first start off a long layoff. But on the poly track, Keeneland came back very, very tight. And, and I believe you, you throw me on a lot of uh, poly track runners. I think this daughter vampire maker is really feeling heroic. I'm going to toss out the Sun Coast as maybe just an aberration, but on May 8th at Belmont, 59-2, and two, the best of 29, drawing a rail going a mile and an eighth, I think has to help with Les Cano. I got him, uh, I got this Philly third. I, I, I think Hot Summer, Hot Summer's going to, I think, going to be a pace factor here, and uh, I, I got Hot Summer's my second pick, but I do like your pick, Royal Delta. I'll box all three in the try. Okay, you know, I, I can I can dig it. You know, it, it'd go right there with it. But, you know, I, I keep coming back on, on you know, on this, on this race. I liked Hot Summer. Hot Summer looked to me like might want to jump out, be a middle maxer. You know, I kept coming back to Coke's Liberty and scratching my noggin. I, you know, run excuse me third in the Grade Two Beaumont at Keeneland. It was third off of a layoff prior to that. Ran on the inner track at Aqueduct. Uh, Garrett Gomez. I, I think I'm just Gomez out, man. At eight to one, Danny. It, it, that's great value. I mean, there has to be a reason he's, t- he's choosing this value by successful appeal. Well, you know the. It's it's a mount for one in in the Black Eyed Susan, but I think that uh, I think you take a look in 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 at the uh, Wyoming. I think that Lepro is going to get this. Lep, Julian will get this horse home. I, I think this horse is is probably going to be my play of the day. Well, whatever you call him, just call him to the winner's circle Julian, and play uh, of the day. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Uh, because I think you said it best. That no matter what you call him, just call me a winner, and that's going to be your play of the day. That's pretty yeah. strong. Those, those yeah, are I'm pretty strong. I like that. Okay, it's time for Preakness, and uh, you know, Dan, when you when you start looking uh, looking out there, uh, you know, there's there's a lot going on. There's a lot happening. I'm going to start in the fourth race. Now, it's not our, we are. We are going to start, and you being the guest handicapper, the fourth race at Pimlico goes a mile and a 16th. The Allaire DuPont de Staff grade three event, it won a mile and a 16th. 
for Phillies and Mares three-year-old and upward, Dan, and I'll tell you what, I had a little trouble in here. <laughs> I'm going I'm going with life at 10, Ed. I, I really don't have much trouble. Um, if you take a look at, at this Phillies, we all know the story about this horse. If you follow racing, you know that the Breeders' Cup, uh, there was a, a whole issue, an investigation and everything. This horse here, I think, is is back. I, the second place finish in the optional claiming hundred thousand. You know, one off point three zero on the dollar, ran second. They didn't need to win that race. They're they're prepping this filly, this mare for this race, and I think she's the best. I think she'll stand out, and and uh, I think it'll take a really special horse to beat her on Saturday. Life at ten is definitely. I think you you've you've established who the pace factor will be. I kept coming back over and over to Peyton Dioro, uh, Gabriel Saez for Larry Jones. They were one formidable team, and in 2010 they won 32 percent together. Larry Jones coming over and assuming uh, for Cindy Jones uh, roughly at the end of April, middle of April there, and th- this five-year-old daughter Medaya Dioro Dan. I, I've watched her run in, in the Black Eyed Susan last year. She was the winner, so we know she likes to track. She's one for one on the oval. The only thing that would have really sent me to the windows twice would have been Terry Thompson in the irons. But I love Gabe Saez. I think he is a great trainer. As Larry Jones has a layoff here since March, 13, March 17th, and, Dan, he wins 50% of the times with his layoff runners. He's a patient man. Yeah, he's a very patient man. He took a year off. Yeah, you know what? His health meant more, and very few people that you know would have taken the time off and just thrown their hands up. I, I thought the cowboy was a cool act, and uh, he took time to be here. Uh, I also like Super Express, uh, Ramon Dominguez, Todd Pletcher teaming up in Checkpoint once again. Gomez, he, he's in my head, and for Alan Goldberg, who wins thirty-three percent of the time, but Peyton Dior, uh, Super Express, and Checkpoint are are my top three, and and your top three again were. I only have one horse said life at 10. Man, you are really hot there, aren't you? I mean, I've never heard you emphatically draw anything home like that. I, I like that. I, you usually kind of laid back and you sneak right up on the big win and cash in and don't say a word. But, you know, hey, I, I, like, I like your mojo there. Dan, the eighth of Pimlico at six panels. It is the Maryland Sprint Handicap Grade 3 for $100,000. They're going to go to one turn, six furlongs, three quarters of a mile. Danny, lead us on. I love the five here, Ventana, Bob Baffert, uh, five-year-old horse uh, by Tockett or Tossett, Ed. I'm saying everything wrong. Tockett. No, no, no. Okay, Tockett. Tockett. Yeah, yeah, the one with the T. Martin Garcia in the irons. Uh, class of this race, uh, coming out of three straight grade twos. Hasn't finished better than third, but ran in Smiling Tiger, Euro years. Uh, I really like this this, uh, this horse, Ed. With Baffert, and, and he's definitely a class. And his distance, he's had six starts. So he's got to win in three seconds. I think he uh, Baffert, you know, brings this horse to Pimlico to win. I mean, the, that's the bottom line. This horse could have stayed in California, and and probably you know collected a, a nice check next time out. He brought him to Pimlico. I, th- I think uh, he's going to win with this horse. Ed. Bullet Bob anywhere he shifts Danny, and especially shipping fresh, he's doubly dangerous on the drop. I, I the Garcia Baffert thing, of no disrespect, I just said something, uh, you know, about uh, about our main man, uh, you know, our, our main man, uh, uh, shoot, uh, 
Bob Baffert. I, I, no, excuse me, uh, Garrett Gomez, forgive me. The, the synergy between he and Bob Baffert, but uh, Martin Garcia, doubly tough. Dan Vantana, I like DeLong Road. we got to pick it up here. we got about three minutes till close, so we're going to go into race number nine. Danny, I just want to hear your winner because I'm going to hammer it. You swear you are? Uh, I will. I will. It'll get my whole three bucks. All right. I'm, I'm going to go with shared account here, Ed. Um, the uh, Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Turf winner last year, class, grand motion. He won't run her if she wasn't ready. I think this this Philly's ready, and I think she's going to dominate here, Ed. I agree. I, I think I think you are correct. Uh, I think that, that, that would be a super, super move. Uh, uh, you know, Danny? I hate to say it. I like Desert Sage, the deep closer, Lay Peru, and Chad Brown. I think they're just going to come rolling, rocking and rolling right after them. Tenth and Pimlico, we got a mile sixteenth. William Schaefer Memorial, great through event, Dan. Who won this race last year, Ed? Who did win this race, Danny? I, you know, I, I keep coming back. Uh, you know, uh, uncrowned, uncrowned horse of the year, Blame won this race last year. Ed. Oh, that's right. Oh, I should have. I knew there was a Blame reference coming at us. And what you know, do you like? There just happens to be a horse of the two here apart. You know, same connection yes. as Blame, Alstall, Go Go. Uh, different breeding, but I like what this horse has done in his last start. Four-year-old colt ran second at seven to one. The Mission Impossible. I think they, this horse will take the Pimlico, and I think that Go Go's riding for a reason. All righty, Dan, we got it, in, and I, I just say I concur because I like Go Go and Alstall teaming up together. Dan, race number one, or race, excuse me, race number eleven. Just shoot out your winner because we got to get to the uh, Preakness. We got about a minute and a half. Patio Prado, I agree. Kent DeSormo, Dale Romans. Romans is a class act. Eight for eight in the money on the weeds. Race number 12, Dan, the grade one, 136 running into the Preakness, a mile and a six, a mile and three sixteenths. Who wins this mile and three sixteen event? Animal Kingdom wins, Ed. I think he's the best horse. I like Mutual Macho Man second, Sway Away for third. Uh, I do like the switch on Sway Away going back to Gomez. And I think Animal Kingdom wins this, and then I think he wins a triple crown, Ed. I really think that uh, he, he's legit. Dan, I respect I respect everything you say as a handicapper. I just think 5.5 million reasons, and that's the bonus for dialed in if he actually wins. The son of Mineshaft has been in some very hotly contested races, one ten and one, one ten and four, one ten and three, and closed like a madman. It was one thirteen and change in the three quarter last time out. And the best horse has not won the Derby. He went to the rail easily and dead last and finished eighth by seven lengths. I think that they were looking for this race. I don't think Zito would ever just cheat if he had the best horse he won. But I'm going all dialed in that I can get my hands on. I'm also using Mucho Macho Man and your topic, Animal Kingdom. I loved Animal Kingdom in the Vinery, and I loved him in the Derby, as you brought out uh, right in our show here. Dan, it's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, as always, as, as guest handicapper, you're one of the best, and you're one of the best entertaining. And time flies when you're talking thoroughbred action. This Saturday, Preakness 136, people have opinions and horses have answers, according to D. Wayne Lucas. It should be a great race, and you must be razor sharp to win. So until next week, may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.